1: You are listening to the 1420 Sports Podcast, Sport beer with a sports talk, and a whole lot more with your hosts, Brent Radlinski and Dave Van Robes. Listen in as we talk everything happening in the world of sports from a beer drinker's perspective. It's just like sitting in a sports bar, but with your pants off. Sports, beer, and shenanigans. So sit back, grab a few beer, and let's get into it. 1420 sports podcast Four Mirror sports talk and a whole lot more show 188 March of 24th 2022 joined tonight by uh, well it's me and Dave as always but joined tonight by a long time uh, not only friend of the show but a very f- close friend of Dave and I coach of the U11 Hurricanes here in Leopard, recipient award from the uh, Leopard Sports Council member of the Fort McLeod Royals Hall of Fame snappiest dresser that I think I've ever met in my life with a tightest tucks I've ever seen in my life. Brad Dersh. Brad, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Excellent.
2: Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, having me on the show.
1: There we go. Dave, uh, you had a busy week at work. Things are going good. You're smiling more than you're going down to Montana tomorrow. You're smiling more than usual on a Thursday night. Uh, you're We're joined by a good friend of ours. How are you feeling tonight, my friend?
3: I'm feeling wonderful. I'm in a very good frame of mind tonight. I am excited Excited to uh, record tonight. Have you been outside today? It's fucking gorgeous. Spring is here. I'm going to touch on wood. It's not blowing. There was snow on the ground this morning, and it is warm. It's hoodie weather. It's not short weather, but I'm going to take it because you know what? We're going to get disappointed sooner or later. Mm -hmm. So let's take the good days and roll with it, and today is a good day.
1: Dave, uh, Brad and I know that wherever you're in a, a really good mood, that means you're in a spirited mood. That means there's a conversation, probably an argument, and you're probably going to say something that we don't <laughs> like that's coming up because it's, <laughs> geez, the, the 25 years or whatever it's been, we've been hanging out with each other. It never turns out well for one of the three of us, but we'll give it a shot tonight anyways. Uh, Jesus, the NHL along themselves. been doing it for a few years now with the, you, you, you go to the Temp Bay Lightning situation they had with the players not playing and finding ways to usurp the cap and everything else. But the, the NHL went above and beyond this past week by accepting a trade. Uh, Davidoff uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights was supposed to go to the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Turns out the, the deal got reneged for multiple reasons. The biggest reasons was that uh, when he was with the Ottawa Senators, He had a no-trade clause, a limited no-trade clause. One of the 10 teams was the Anaheim Ducks. Why you would have a no- Okay, first off, boys, why would you possibly have a no-trade clause to Anaheim? Brad, I'll let you start.
2: Yeah, I can't say I understand that one. I mean, if uh, especially if you're looking to stay in the States, I think the the Sunshine State would be a a pretty good place to be. Um, I I don't get it. and, and furthermore, I don't understand how the league let this one slip. It's uh, it's a it's a major pie on the face for uh, for major, for the NHL, and I don't get it at all. Like Dave, like you, you got to think that when
1: they like these trade deadline deals, and they like when you watched on, I think it was Monday, and your phone all the the notifications are going off. This trade, that trade, this one, this one. They're probably going through the lawyers, all the 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 agents all the the gms and all the the salary cap people to make sure it works how does something as simple as a no trade clause how does that get through and was vegas just trying to sneak one in or did they go oh well we didn't know
3: um something like this at actually has me asking more questions so what you're what you're no, but honestly, like what you're telling me is that when a player is ready to be traded from one team to another team, the agent isn't notified. Because that's an agent's job to know that kind of shit. Um, how there is not a league database as to this, because all the trades have to have to get uh approved by the league. How is there not a database for this? And then and then Vegas, just being Vegas, like it couldn't happen happened to a better team because <laughs> Las Vegas, the way they treat their franchise, like I get it, they're trying to win every year. I get it. But their way they're treating their players is absolute garbage to me. They're all getting paid and no one's missing a paycheck. So I'm not going to cry for them in that way. But I don't understand how you're building a, a winning culture treating everybody this way. So, like I say, I, I like I have more questions than answers. And at the end of the day, from what I've been reading, they're laying the blame on Ottawa, because the only th- only person that did nobody nothing diff nothing wrong, is Dadnoff. He did nothing wrong. He filed all his paperwork on time. It was a year long list. And then also back to one of the original questions, Anaheim. Why Anaheim might be on the list? I have two reasons. One, because they suck, and B. Tax purposes, no, Dave. They,
1: but they—the the thing is that—no, on what I—I I said a lot there. They—the <laughs> thing is with tax purposes is one thing, but they didn't suck when he first had his no trade clause three years ago. No, it's only a year ago.
3: He filed. You have to file that paperwork for. From, from what I read about it, and I did read about it, you have to file that paperwork once a year. And so he filed this paperwork still as a senator. And then he got traded to uh like the paperwork doesn't expire
1: until like July 28th. Brad, if you played in Ottawa and had to suffer through those Ontario winners, would, would you not welcome a trade to fucking Anaheim? Well, they might be on the
2: top of the list. I mean, uh, as far as places wanting to go, like you know, there's there's a knock against Canadian teams for sure. But uh, if you're looking to go somewhere and enjoy playing some hockey and, and just being another face in the crowd, that's a pretty good place to be, I think. Do
1: you think that? Like Kelly McCrimmon, who's the GM, whatever president, whatever he is, who cut me, by the way, in 1992 in the Brandon weekends. But anyway, it's another story for another day. (laughs) Well, Um,
3: that doesn't make
1: him dumb. Well, it makes (laughs) it it actually might. But, anyways, uh, do you think that the NHL, um, like GMs who come out, McCrimmon was in in Brandon for a long time. Do you think this is some guy? Because McCrimmon had a a way with words and he was, I don't want to say a bully, but the way that WHL GMs act around the league, he goes into the NHL and he's making, doing the, the same kind of deals and, and making these deals saying, I can get away with murder because that's what he got away with when he's in Brandon. It, he was around there for so long and he goes, well, we'll just sneak this one by. But now you're dealing with the, the National Hockey League where the lawyers and, the, and everything else, like, man, you're dealing with a billion dollars, a billion dollar industry. Yeah,
2: but that's why I can't, there's gotta be more to the story. It right? make I'm, sense. Not, I'm not sure it can, the league's to blame on this. Like I know that they have pie in the face, like I said already, but there's gotta be more to it. They obviously, something slipped through the cracks. Um, you know, for all I know, maybe it's the agent that's at fault, right? Because it's supposed to be the, it, there's some form of secrecy. Is there not as far as um, who the no trade teams are on the list and for what reasons, because, you know, they, they don't want to offend anybody. They don't want uh, places to become less desirable to play in. And so, you know, maybe it was the agent or maybe, who knows? I, I just can't see it, the league being to blame on this. I just can't.
3: From what I, for now, once again, from what I read, why there is no league database, and this is all like within the teams, they don't want leaks getting out, right? Because if you have a no move, if you have a 10, a modified no move, and you have your 10 teams and that gets out, then now, a general manager someone's trying to trade a player you don't want vegas to know that you can't trade him to well you Anaheim, have to know right? that to make the fucking deal what you, no <laughs> no no i i i don't if start... i don't have
1: to if i don't have to call uh who's the guy in edmonton what's his name ken holland if i don't have to make that that call to ken holland i've saved myself mm-hmm. 10 cents on my data plan if, if that's one of the guys on on the no trade clause why would i call this guy if i can't tra- make a trade to them well
3: but I, that's
1: no, what i'm I, saying it makes zero
3: sense no but that that's why like the blame they blame ottawa for not disclosing it to vegas there you but go vegas that's that's what but i know like ottawa's out of the picture i don't get it because that like you have his contract now like like when you get the player, you get the contract.
1: and like you what's, have, What does Ottawa give a fuck what happens there? Jenny Davidoff, after he leaves Ottawa, whenever <laughs> that trade happens. I get All it. Right. Trade him. I don't give a shit.
2: Somebody didn't pass on the information. Correct. Because they're not going to try and slip one by the league. They're just not going to. Like, there's and I no agree.
3: I, I think this was uh, an unfortunate situation. I honestly don't believe there was any ill intentions by Vegas.
4: <laughs> Question Lost number 900 no? on this.
1: Is when Davinov got traded, he's gone, packed up his shit. He was at the airport. Oh, gets an Uber back to the fucking the arena. <laughs> Hi guys. I don't
3: think he. I don't think he packed his bag. He like, <laughs> like as soon as he read it. And like found how was that a,
1: conversation? Like, hey, I'm. I guess I'm not traded.
3: Fuck that! I phoned the agent.
1: Hey, I thought <laughs> they were on our our no trade clause. You like? Yes, they the are. Comedy of errors, like. Like yeah. If you get put up, if you get put on waivers, which happens all the time, and you, you kind of get sent down to Myers, but you don't, and everything, you go back in the room, guys laugh. hey, you got put on waivers, ha ha. But to get dealt and then get undealt, that's gotta be an odd situation. To know the team didn't want you um, to clear to clear up it wasn't not not want, but to clear up cap space. Yeah, I think he's fine
3: with it. I think the players are gonna be just fine. Like next time I mean, he has to make eye contact with the GM, that might be a different conversation.
2: Oh, man. But, but I did the secrecy of it all, but I just don't understand how there's not a, a, a more secure system in place, like a check and balance of some sort that, that avoids the circumstance. And obviously, there will be going forward, there has to be. But I, I just, for the life of me, how is that not in place in a professional sport? Like, it, it, it's in a contract. Like, who has a copy of that contract? Like, it's got to be GM,
1: a-, a GM knows how you're how a third line center is on a fucking power play on a defensive zone coverage, but they don't know what teams you can't be traded to. Come on, this is fishy to me. You know, McCrimmon made two two mistakes, cutting me mid 92. And then this, because this is ridiculous. To me, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
3: He looks a lot dumber now than he did 25 years ago.
1: You don't know that. <laughs> I think you. Franchise player. you guys don't know that. We don't know what might have been. Skinner could be doing play by play by now for Brandon. Don't yeah, you were so good in been. the room.
3: Did he ever see you in the room? <laughs>
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that was a problem. <laughs> you would have been the next noodles. Dude. My yap, my yap hasn't shut since then, whatever. <laughs> but uh no, it's 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 crazy to me that, that that the whole thing happened. They were gonna clear up some space to get other players back in the lineup. It was uh who's stone and uh the other guy that got traded from um uh Martinez from LA to try to get him back into the lineup get those guys back in by clearing up cap space because they're screwed. It's, it's just a mess. The NHL really needs to find a way because it's a cap situation. It's a low cap and these guys are GMs are finding ways to do it. And lawyers are getting involved. It's a mess. Like, I, I don't know, Brad, what do you like, is there some way they could try to fix this and make it more, logical for the uh for the players and the fans to make sense of it because to me it's it's it, 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 there's so much going on all the time you don't know who's allowed to play and who's not
2: well i think there's probably a team of lawyers and, and that's the million dollar question i mean somebody getting paid a whole lot more than i do is, is there to answer those questions so I, I don't know what the answer is i just i cannot believe that when it's written into a contract that uh when when that player belongs to an organization a, a a multi-million dollar organization that they don't have the answers they need to be able to put the pieces in place like that that just blows me away
3: it makes the league look bush you know and that's like kind of that bothers me a little bit of how the a professional sports league can have egg all over their face on this one it just looks bad and it's a trade deadline and the the you know it couldn't. It, the only good thing is is it happened to Vegas. Couldn't it happen to a nicer franchise. <laughs> and they're up against it. They are just wearing the same They're going
1: league. to finish it. They're they're out of a playoff spot right now, and they are going to have to finish the season basically playing with seventeen players a night.
3: Yeah, and you know what? It, it I I have zero sympathy, and I don't think many fans of the league do have sympathy for them. Everybody is disappointed in the league. I I. I lay the blame on the NHL league office. Like you got to have a better handle on this because at the end of the day, they're the ones that have to rubber stamp every trade. They don't care about salary cap. They don't care about this. They want to see physicals. They want this, they want that. And then good. And then you guys sort out the salary cap. That's not our problem. That's your problem. And that's the way the NHL read this. They said, okay, this is a salary <laughs> dump by Vegas. That's crazy. And they, no one like I saw it. I saw on CapGeek, right, Datanoff it, it, it modified no-move trade, or, or whatever it is. Like I saw that, and like how, <laughs> how the fuck did with your you eyes? Do it? Yeah, <laughs> just click. And you know what you do? Oh, with your ears. Yeah, uh, I just, t- I just took my <laughs> my mouse and I put the, I hovered the thing and I clicked on it. It didn't give me the teams, but it told me that there was ten teams in the NHL. He, he could not get traded to. How did no one in that league office, like, I don't know how much it runs run a that's league office. That's what I office. don't get. I, I don't get I it don't either, man. I, how, I
2: this how, down?
1: how the fuck does a guy get traded <laughs> to a team? He said, I can't get traded to him. Just go to I can't, Oh, geez.
3: Has anyone checked the list? Has anyone... But has anyone checked the list? Not an email, not a text, just you, out loud. This in the is a office. great
1: conversation. Do you like, we fucking talk about stupid shit for 25 years now? We've been doing this. Do you think Davidoff <laughs> said to one of his teammates, "Hey, let's see how far the this is going to take"? <laughs> yeah, <that's-> oh, <laughs> exactly. Because fuck, man, I <laughs> I told that guy I I'm not going there for whatever reason. Do you think? <laughs> see how far this can go before someone notices?
3: Well, Didn't like you it, clean out his locker. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> no. hey, so, dude, you're a duck. I know.
1: No, yet, Soviet, whatever. Yeah. I'm
3: it's not just, packing it, my bag. No, no, <laughs> it's so bizarre. See you tomorrow at practice.
1: Yeah. Uh-oh. Shake. <laughs> Get welcome to shake his hand. Uh, you going somewhere? I'm not. Uh, I'm
3: not. Welcome to the team. What you're a you're a, you're, a, you're a knight now. It's
1: just not, it's unbelievable. And
3: <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's mind-blowing how a league can drop the ball this bad. It looks so bad. This is like Serbian soccer here. Like it's it's it's
1: bullshit. like I don't even know how you compare it to any other anything else. It, it's it's just it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre, anyways. <laughs> The, the NHL season—it's rolling on. They're—they're going to go on. I don't think the Knights are going to make the playoffs with their salary cap thing they got going on. They—they uh, they blew their load really early by going to the the finals their first year, and it, it ain't looking good. Do do you think that this is an owner saying, "Let's go for it every year, do what we can do, do what we have to do to, to make sure we're we're relevant because they're new," or is it a, an over anxious uh, GM? fan base or is it an ownership problem or is it a a a management problem that they have there in vegas
2: that's management right now you know because with the the salary cap and the money that they have at their expense i mean they they can and and they also had the gift of a poorly structured expansion draft right like there's a reason they went to the nhl finals their first year and they shouldn't have um you know but yeah this is all management it has nothing to do with ownership in my in my eyes he's the one stroking in the checks he hires the people he puts the pieces in place that are supposed to oversee this stuff right um you know and and uh with, in a salary cap era and the, and the luxury of giving the, the players that they were given it right off the hop they can go for it every year now from there dave you're right like they've, they've been poorly managed the last couple of years and and uh i mean with that said, Eichel sat out most of the year, right? And so he hasn't had the chance to be an impact player this year, and, and they're paying him to be an impact player. So who knows once he finds his stride
0: what that'll look like.
3: See, and I'll I i I'll say it's 100% on ownership because it's not the GM's money. The GM takes marching owners from up top. And then when a new owner gets so close and you're just a step away and then you try something again and you try something again, and it's like we're not done trying. Like, money is no object. I don't care about draft picks. I don't care about anything. You put, give me the best product on the ice, and you figure it out. And then McCrimmon did figure it out a little bit with trading
1: Dab He but fucking now blew it's it in 92. There. I'm telling you, boys. I'm telling you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I, I'm going to blame the owner because there's no way a GM – Swings this hard every friggin' year, like come well, on! Wouldn't
1: man. you think eventually the GM would go to the owner and because this guy's got billion dollars in the bank, whatever, who cares? Wouldn't you think that the GM would walk up to the owner and say, "Okay, this is done. I, un- we I can't get it. Continue. Yeah. I get it. You want to win, and so do I. Because you know we'll all benefit from this. But this is how this works, and we can't continue to do this because." I know, like, whenever you have a problem, you can just throw another million dollars at it. But if we keep throwing a million dollars at it, we'll have less people in our organization who are able to play. Wouldn't you think that that would be a thing? Or, or do Gia just become, yes, man, because they, they need a paycheck too? I don't know. Look it's, it,
3: it. Well, look at the orders. Like, when Daryl Katz strokes your check, what do you care? What do you care? I'll do and whatever a, you want, Daryl Katz. That's a whole thing. That, no, that's the exact same thing. But the 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 Vegas Knights started with a good team, right? Like because it started, like as Brad uh said, like it was a flawed draft process. Everybody was dumping salaries. So when Vegas had their their, their expansion draft, they got in an entire team of second liners. An entire team of second liners. And then when you could run four, two lines, it, it makes a huge difference. You have everybody like they were just gifted a good team of people that didn't want, because they made too much on this, on the, on the third line. So now like they had a T a, a full four lines of second line players. And when you can run that, and that's what they did that first year, they rolled lines and, and dominated teams because of their their skill their and their depth now
2: to go back to the original people, question babe like how is that the how is that the owner's fault how is that foley's fault like how is his dad not? he he's sitting in his lazy boy he he comes into the office every once in a while but it's to shake hands and kiss babies he's uh, like this guy don't give a, a fuck
3: oh no but the, no the gm has his marching orders
2: to win get, i don't know get, man. Me, a,
1: get me a ring
3: I don't
2: exactly. know, but he's not pulling
1: the trigger on on because this this business for like the, the 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 Vegas Golden Knights the 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 owner this is a, a toy to him. He doesn't need this business. He likes it, but he does. He pays someone to look after this. No, and he's got lots of businesses. This is just one this, business. This is one of his businesses. He's
3: like, no, I get it, but like, he's, he's he. You think he called McCrimmon and said, "What the fuck happened here"? <laughs> why? Why isn't still like like like? Why can't we like we got all these players? Why aren't they on the ice? Because of the salary cap. Well, figure this fucking thing out, man. That's what he says to him. He I wants a championship. I. That's what I think. I think McCrimmon. And, and you know, I'm not. I'm not apologizing for him. I think he is. There's
1: an. I will never apologize of, for Kelly McCrimmon, but whatever.
3: There's an intense amount of pressure <laughs>
1: for him to deliver a Stanley Cup. 30 years later, I'm still fucking bitter. Anyways, we're we're not gonna solve this problem tonight. we we, we haven't solved well, the problem. Well, it's not yet. our problem to solve either. The That's three of us haven't point. solved the problem in 25 fucking years where we've been hanging out, so we're not gonna solve this tonight. Anyways, the 1420 sports podcast, four mirror sports talking a whole lot more. 1420 sports podcast, four mirror sports talking a whole lot more. Uh, baseball's on. I've been watching spring training games throughout, and it's been, been great to watch the games, but no matter what you do, uh, because of the strike, it's going to happen or the, the lockout's not a strike. You got to make sure that's very clear because of the lockout that happened, no matter what, and the players won. I don't know. I, I don't understand why players are still, still throwing shade at the owners of what's been going on. Players are making, there's been $300 billion. It seems go out in the last week and a half, two weeks since the lockout ended. A lot of money going here and there and everywhere else. It just seems it, it, insane to me that th- this lockout happened and the players are upset because the players make a lot of money. Uh, this week, Jock Peterson, I think it was yesterday, the day before, uh, he threw a, a big dart at the owners, especially the uh, owners of the uh, Guardians, the Indians. The Guardians is a weird name. Uh, the Pirates and the Orioles, who are, are all spending less than what Max Scherzer is going to make this year. And the Dodgers are spending. Uh, 200 and what is it 270 million the Mets 249 the Yankees 235 and those payrolls are growing because they're, they're all setting up Brad do you think that it's time for major league baseball to step in and say okay if you can't spend this much money if you can't afford to do it if you can't compete I'm not saying compete with the big boys because that's going to be impossible but if you can't compete with the mid-range guys is it time to sell your franchise Like same as McDonald's where you can't, if you don't have this much money, you can't have this franchise
2: in. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very complex issue, right? Like, I mean, there's more to it than just what Jock Peterson said about uh, calling out some of the the lower budget teams. Um, You know, I I have a real problem with the luxury tax in baseball and that's a whole other story for another day. But um, from, from what I had heard about this situation, when you look at the bottom three payrolls in, in Major League Baseball, they're making more on their television rates yep. than they are their payroll. So that just, that, so you're right. So when, when does major league baseball step in? Because so are, are they in it to make money from, from television rates instead of, instead of trying to put a, a good product on the field? Like that's, that's the business of major league baseball. So at what point do they do something and step in and say, Hey, let's go. Either, either you're in or you're out. Like
1: a hundred percent. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me that they were, that these owners, That that was a big thing during during the lockout and lockouts in the past is owners uh, wouldn't disclose their books. They wouldn't open the books up and say here, like the accountants were, were really quiet the entire time and
0: players like, okay, Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere. Playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We know you're making this. Like, we know what your
1: TV deals are. What's going on here? And then with Peterson put, putting this out there, Dave, is it a good thing for baseball for, for him to be saying this? Or is it a bad thing for baseball for him to, to disclosing this? Because the average fan probably they know like they know but they don't pay attention enough like we're sports dorks and everything else or baseball guys and everything else but is it bad for baseball for peterson to be disclosing this kind of stuff
3: absolutely not because it's going to get the fans involved a little bit more we always bring up the fact that these are franchises like mcdonald's is a franchise mcdonald's has standards and if you're a franchise owner and your store is a bad McDonald's,
1: although so the, the standard is yeah. a little bit weird, but yeah. <laughs>
3: but, but, but there is standards. <laughs> and Facebook, if you don't, if you Facebook don't do X, in. Y, and Z every month, like you're going to get written up, you're going to get written up. And then like you do this one more time, we're taking this away. And like, you don't have a choice. We're going to sell it. We're going to give you the check that we sell it for, but now you don't get any more money. That should be the same way in major league baseball. From what I read after uh, knowing we were going to talk about this today, every single team on opening day gets a hundred million dollar check for their TV rights, a hundred million. I did not know that a $100 million. And I counted, I looked at the list today. There's a lot of millions. There's 10 teams, $40 million and less paying salary. And like, and then, so I don't know how the players didn't get a salary floor. And then these assholes also with, with the luxury tax, they get their piece of the luxury tax as well. Absolutely not. That drives me absolutely. Like this is this is an organization looking to piss people off. Um, you're you're listening to one of them right now. This absolutely infuriates me. How can they have a luxury tax and not have a salary floor? And how can they give them a hundred million dollars? Like either you like either you're at eighty million bucks or like you don't get a chunk of your you get your TV supposed, check, but you don't get your luxury
2: tax check. There's supposed to be some accountability at that, right? Like the luxury tax is there to to make the product on the field better, from what I understand, the luxury tax. And and again, so it comes sort of like the dad now thing. Like when does the league take accountability to that? Like like you said, show us the books. Like say we give you a hundred million dollar free money, for for luxury tax money. What did you do with that? So and maybe it's a case of. You know what? We can't keep up with the Dodgers and with the Giants and with the Yankees, and so why why take that risk of spending close to whatever three hundred million dollars when we can would spend thirty million and put a hundred million in our pocket? Like I, maybe that's what it is.
1: I, I, I just find it. I find it so bizarre that it's been allowed to go on for so long, and then and then, what what it have made? Jock Peterson's doing okay. Jock Peterson's—he's fine. He's—he's made X amount of millions of dollars. I don't know what the the figures are with the like. It's fine. He's made made a ton of money. Would it have been a a better statement from a guy third or fourth year in the league who makes league minimum? Because to me, Peterson saying something doesn't really compute to the average guy. But if if you said if you if if it was a a guy making league minimum saying, okay, this is what this team's making. This is what this team's spending. I make 750 grand for three years for three years. And then Mike, and that's maybe, and then I'm out. Would it mean a lot more to the average Joe fan? If a borderline guy made that comment other than Jock Peterson.
3: It's impossible. Because, like, if you're a middling guy, you can't say this. You're not going to get blackballed. And don't say it's not going to happen. You're gone. You are gone. That's the last contract. And come that's on. That's a good point. I will listen to a man wearing pearls every time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is the story with the pearls, anyways? He was in a sl- From what I remember, he was in a slump. And they were his grandma's pearls or something. And that's what I... I Maybe I, do. I don't stud, know, but yeah. like the
3: fact that he wears pearls is kind of cool stud. by me. What a
2: stud! Good player, <laughs> awesome. a hell of a player. Yeah, the guy making seven hundred fifty grand ain't wearing pearls. No, <laughs> no <laughs> goodness, no. <though. laughs> he does what he's told. Right? Yeah, like yeah.
1: it's it, <laughs> it, 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 it's crazy that 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 this is still going on. Like this many years later, Brad. Like you're you're a Cubs fan through and through for for a lot of years now. And like th- those guys that, that were with the Cubs in a championship year in 2016, they're all gone. They're yeah, all gone. <laughs> like every single one of them is gone. And and that team, the owners are buying, we, we talked to Dave the other night on the, on the show, they're buying Chelsea, is it? Or in the in the for the Chelsea Soccer Club. Correct. Yeah. But yet they're, they're arguing with a guy over $1.1 million right now. Like, fuck me, man. Like don't don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. And the owners see me doing this a lot. And then they they just they gave in, not gave in, they, they negotiated the lockout and everything else and everything the players wanted. Like, we're not playing until you guys fucking pay us. And the the players won big time in this in this lockout. But you look at a team like the Cubs, who makes nothing but money, nothing but money mm-hmm. between their TV deals, Wrigley Field, Wrigleyville, the whole bit. Brad, how do you feel as a Cubs fan about them just saying, ah, "Get out of here, guys!" It, it,
2: that won a World Series. Well, it's sad, and, and not just as a Cubs fan, but if you look at the, th- the bottom three payrolls in Major League Baseball, those are storied franchises. Yeah, and that's that's sad. that's sad, right? Like, I mean, the Orioles, the, Pat- the Pirates, like those those teams have been around forever. And it, Ever, it, yes. Like, it, how does that feel to you? Know a guy that's eighty five years old and he's been sticking with them through thick and thin. Right,
3: see, it, it, no it, different.
2: Sorry, go Brad. Oh, no, no. I was going to say it's no different than the Cubs fans, right? That that lived through hundred year loss or hundred lost seasons, right? And then to finally see your team after all those years win a World Series, like it. But now we're in, we're talking the opposite story here. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it should not as, be allowed. <clears> as far as the Cubs are
3: concerned, I knew I knew it was trouble. I, I even remember texting you, Brad, uh, when Epstein quit. Yeah. Like and then which just told me that the organization wasn't on the same page as him as wanting to win anymore. And it's and it's proven true because that was my suspicion. But the Cubs are even still like I think around 140. They're in the middle third. It's these teams under like anybody under 80 million dollars. Like I think I think that should be the floor. If you're getting a hundred million dollar TV check. That the floor should be eighty million dollars before you. Can, you shouldn't.
1: You shouldn't make money.
3: That's right. To have a friend, that.
1: like, like you yeah. shouldn't. That shouldn't pay for your your payroll. I agree, one hundred
3: percent. I and that's kind of what I'm saying. I understand like you, you can you, have you, down. You years watch the ball. Understand. You
1: watch when the Jays or the Yankees, or we watch on TV, an Orioles game on. There isn't fucking forty people in the fucking stands. Yeah, these guys and are watching at, all the way to and pay. these owners are still making 70 million bucks a year. That's and wrong. They, and they're billing
3: and they're it off to the start with. And they're making yeah. it off
2: the backs of the other teams. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yes.
3: Yes. No like, one's paying for Oriole and Guardian TV rights, right? Like, yeah,
2: they're literally they go, going, on, going on holidays off the backs of these other teams. Like, how do those guys feel? Like, but oh, we're giving you the money. Put it right. your the team.
3: The Blue Jays have a better uh, media contract than the Pirates.
1: They got they got one yeah, of the best ones true. actually the, the blue yeah. jays do because they, they, they own the rights the to the right. entire country so they actually have the best tv deal in, in, in baseball they actually well
3: do. not best it's not by population like i'd rather have oh, the no, yankees have, or the cubs i'd rather be on wgn and yes no no
1: TSN. day because the, the, the blue jays are owned by sportsmen every by game Rogers. is televised
2: too yeah
3: I, I i get it but like that's maybe let, let's talk about that a little bit later um uh you're silent for once well my my son's just going to bed hey
1: Oh, okay hey jasper what's going
3: on <laughs> night bud uh they um yeah i can't believe I, I i understand the jays are making a lot of money and it's a lucrative set franchise but it's not
1: yankee dodger money. Boston money no chance no, but it's it's top ten,
3: top third, yeah, no doubt. And same with Chicago, top third money. Like, so what are the franchises then that are the top third?
1: The big three that we the two just New York said. franchises. You got probably L.A. Yeah, the two Chicago, well, one of the Chicago franchises. Uh, the Cardinals. New Yorks. The Cardinals are way up there. Um,
3: and, and New York, then,
2: obviously, New York, yeah. New York.
3: Yeah, and then the
1: Jays would be like the they're right there, man. The bottom of the top third kind of thing. The Jays have a thirty million person viewing audience. It's true. It's it's actually true. Yeah, but I don't watch it. There's no, yeah, but Dave, that's actually true. They have a thirty million person viewing audience.
3: Oh, they have yeah, and like
1: and it's and it's um. The other the other teams don't have yeah. that. Like every Jays game is televised in this market, or anyone listening in well, Saskatchewan, it, No, in that no, on,
3: on cable TV. You have to subscribe to TSN oh, to get yeah, that, that too. right? Or SportsCent.
1: Yeah, there was uh, news came across today that uh, the, the vaccine mandates that didn't have to get for Kyrie Irving uh, can start playing for the, the Nets again. Uh, well, let's not talk about, if you should get it, let's not talk about the vaccine. Like, but it was... Uh, it's crazy... That the, the, the rules in New York City got, got altered for baseball. Uh once it said you can play now, Kyrie can play. Uh Aaron Judge, I don't know if you guys like I probably listen to this a lot more than you guys do, but Aaron Judge is up for a, a, a contract uh right now and they're they're negotiating. It's reported he's unvaccinated. We're not talking with whether right, wrong. Do you want to get vaccinated? Go ahead. If you don't, go ahead. I don't give a fuck. I actually at this point, I don't care. What can the J can the, the New York Yankees say right now? Okay, if you don't get vaccinated, we don't know when the rules in Canada are going to change. If you can't play nine games in against a team in Canada, because that's what what they have, we're not signing you, man. Like here, because because the the AL East is tight. Can the Yankees say, sorry, man? We're not signing you. We're not giving you, we're not giving you your 28 million, 30, 40, whatever the fuck he's gonna get. Do you think it's right for the Jays or for the Yankees to be able to do that? Yeah.
2: Go ahead, Dave. No, you go, Brad i was just gonna say i if it was somebody else maybe i think when you're talking the caliber of, of judge then you know i think he's got him by the short ones right like it, it, he's just that good so yeah he might miss nine games but he's going to be maybe a healthy scratch in in however many games this year too right to give him a break so those are his that's his break week take it off relax i'm not saying i agree with it um but i think he's that good and that dangerous for a player that they'll they'll take that then they'll stay they'll, they'll just roll with it
3: 100 percent like so so only pay me for 151 like i don't give a fuck like and then and then and then if not don't send me i'll find someone else like i'll go play don't worry about that, it i'm gonna make my money
1: it was funny this week trevor story uh a short start for the colorado Rockies. so we should talk about that trip down to colorado maybe on another show we won't talk about tonight but uh trevor Story. <laughs> It was getting a little bit uh, weak on the offer front because he wasn't vaccinated. The the Red Sox said, this is actual fact. Like, I'm not making this up. I'm not just shooting from the hip here. The Red Sox said, we'll sign you, but you're unvaccinated. And we played nine games in Toronto. And because the division's tight, if you're not vaccinated, we're not going to sign you. He went and got vaccinated the next day. Got his first shot. It's just. What hill you're going to die on, man, and it just show, it, it's it's so fucked up.
3: And, you know, and, and it's what's important to you. You know, if you're going to take a stand, then take your stand. And don't piss and moan when it costs you money. Right? Like, go go play for the pirates. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Cash,
2: so. your <laughs> Cash your checks.
3: Cash your checks. to a lesser degree, that's happening
2: everywhere, right? With employers and, and employees everywhere. Right. this is just a, a higher degree obviously and, and we're talking millions of dollars instead of you know chump change but um yeah you're right it's interesting right when it when it gun's to the head and say it's take it or leave it this is what we require yep. yeah okay, okay. <laughs> my okay. shelf life is only so long here
3: right? exactly you know like <laughs> uh, like at the generational the day, money like, or i need, I need to worth? be a
1: broadcaster when it's all said and done
3: this isn't for sale
1: how much how much
3: <laughs> yeah. this isn't yeah. for sale how much you're, not, you're yeah. not hearing me you're not hearing me like yeah. so I'm going to write a number down on this piece of paper and if you say more then
1: I'll make it more like it's how much like hopefully uh, hopefully one day They we talked about a few weeks back about it, it was so great when we were younger and Brad probably agree the same we had no idea what money was compared to what they're making now. We didn't have a clue what these guys were making. We didn't like, I remember there was one night at 1139 Lakeland Crescent for what, some unknown reason, Sandus O's Lynch's fucking um, pay stub ended, up, ended yeah. up at the fucking house there. And we are like, what the fuck? And it was a big number.
3: Like, $28,000 of deductions like, or something. It was, like that. Some, yeah. it, but
1: the, the whole thing was just ridiculous. I, I wish that we never found out what these guys actually made. And I get why, like when Donald Fair went, he became the NHLPA president. And he said, trust me, you guys want to let people know what you make because that will drive up the price what you all make. And, and it worked. I wish we could go back to the days when we didn't know what these owners made. We didn't know what the players made. We had no clue. We could just watched the fucking game. Because now all we, no matter who you talk to, we all it always comes down to money, especially when the games aren't on. Like off season, it's always money, and it, it's it's kind of it's disheartening at times.
3: And then watched Good uh, Little House on the Prairie and, and the Waltons and went to bed. Like fuck, those <laughs> days are gone.
1: Well, no, they, but uh, you know what I'm saying, though.
3: I, I I do hear what you're saying, but they're gone. We can't pine for the past because it's better for the players now. It's better. It's it's it, it's. Too much knowledge is not necessarily a good thing, because you know. Looking back, the owners were just—they uh, were just—they ta- were taking advantage of the player skills forever in every sport. Right. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Like so, I—I I, I will never, I will never um, feel sorry for athletes. <laughs> well. Like, oh, sorry, I got to I'll, I'll never feel sorry for owners having to play their athletes uh, an actual, substantive wage in comparison. In comparison, like the the Pirates and and the Guardians and the Orioles, like like shame on you. Like absolutely shame on you. And I understand it's millions of dollars, but you're in a you're a billionaire in a billionaire business. Like if you want to be a fucking dick swinger. And own a major league franchise, then swing your fucking dick. Don't hide in the corner and take your piss.
2: Well, and that's a more colorful way of, of saying what I was gonna say, Dave, which is with knowledge comes accountability, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing, whether it be accountability on the player or the owners. And and like I said, you just elaborate in a much more colorful way, but uh <laughs> to your credit, I guess.
3: <laughs> if you want to be a big boy, babe, like yeah, if you want to if you wanna play in the big boy um arena then be a big boy don't hide in the corner and avoid contact with all the pit bulls right
1: but until until major league baseball itself gets a handle on it they, they never will i
3: agree like and 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 then that's the problem because you have so many uh, i don't want to call them timid because they're they're billionaires like you can't be a sports owner without being a billionaire and you're gonna piss and moan over sixty million dollars a year when you're a billionaire, a billion dollars is one thousand millions. One thousand millions is how you become a billionaire. That's
1: a lot of dough. Yeah.
3: One thousand billions, and now they are paying thirty million a year. Like, yeah, it's
1: it's insane.
3: Christ, and you're getting a check for $100 a hundred million dollars a day. It it drives me bonkers, and and I don't really
1: understand it Dave you know, know you should, or, Dave, you know what you should. Dave, you know you should be a dick swinger. I'm not writing a letter. I'm not writing a letter.
3: letter. I've already. <laughs> lo- I wrote my letter like years ago. I wrote my letter. You write need a, a salary floor. Like if you like yeah, if you want to be a dick swinger, be a dick swinger. This is a big dick swinger club, and then either swing that dick or keep it at home.
2: Tony oh, would have just picked up the phone and phoned somebody. He would, have, he would have got somebody's number somehow. He would have got lunch with a GM someplace. In, in, into
4: the president's <laughs> office and tell
2: him in Pittsburgh what he thinks
4: of him. I you
1: miss that true. man. I miss that man daily. Like He was one of our best friends and it was always entertaining. Rob O'Neill, the real deal, was always something else to talk to. But I am thankful to the Lord above that he was taken from us before
3: social media before
1: twitter because oh fuck what a fucking disaster that would have been
3: brad what's the over under we've talked about the, what's the over under of twitter handles rob o'neill would have owned oh on any given day or overall overall <laughs> like band and thing like like how oh. many would he have uh... triple digits for sure oh
2: like at i would any given, at any given time he would have had <laughs>
3: Fifteen to twenty, and you know
2: it. He'd have the creeper like account, from, he have from the, the <laughs>
3: account. He would have the baseball account. The boring. Monty these are the ones I blocked from. The... <laughs> yeah, he would have a spreadsheet. These are the uh, ones I blocked from. These ones are banned. These ones.
0: <laughs> from the moment we met him, we knew.
1: We all knew he was. He was going to leave, leave. us way too early. But yeah. Oh, I can't imagine what that would have been like. Just, just a, oh. It wouldn't have been good. It would not have been good. Entertaining, but it wouldn't have been good. Anyways, the 1420 Sports Podcast, four beer sports talking a whole lot more. Rest in peace, Robbie. We miss it. 1420 Sports Podcast, four beer sports talking a whole lot more. Brad, I was scrolling through the old interweb uh, a week and a half ago, uh, Leopard's News now was reporting the uh, Leopard Sport Council uh, the awards coming up, so I clicked on it. Whatever, it's, I'm in the community, and I what's going on, and and then I was scrolling down the uh, the list of award winners, and I, hey, I know that guy, Brad Dirsch, and you won the uh, the Sean Ward Sport Champion Award. Uh your the, the award ceremony uh three weeks from now. I'm assuming you're going to be the best dressed guy at the, at this ceremony tight, tucked the whole bit, everything be just perfect. As, as you always have been throughout the years I've known you, uh, Brad, when did you find out about the award and, uh, tell us, uh, what it's all about.
2: I found out about a week and a half ago, apparently my wife was kind of keeping it a secret for about the past six weeks that I was a nominee. Um, somebody on the, uh, the board of trustees, with the nonprofit organization. The Leopard Sports Council had uh, brought my name forward. I don't know who, I don't know how, um, but they had contacted my wife. And then from there, the process was in place as far as um, references, like gaining references were concerned, um, letters of support and whatever behind the scenes, which again, I was unaware of. So uh, I found out just over a week ago, um, just had a real crazy week last week and that was, uh, yeah, they say good things come in threes, and it definitely did last week for me, but that was kind of the icing on the cake. It was pretty cool for sure.
1: No, right on. Uh you you like I said in the opening, the, your 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 son's team, you're a coach for the uh U11, I believe U11 uh Hurricanes uh won the uh the the league title and the provincial title, whatever it is, and everything else. It's great. Um Brad, I've known you well, I've known you your entire life, you've known me most of my life. And uh, we, we've been involved in sports together. You played minor hockey with my little brother. And uh, there was, uh, we, we shared some hockey coaches. Would J- go back to uh, Fort McLeod with Jerry Widmer and uh, Merv Friesen and, and the like of, of that kind of stuff. Brad, um, what's changed? Let's, let's, let's not get too deep. When you were first, first playing, uh, got, got involved in minor sports, uh, you were a, a skilled athlete for sure. Um, what's different now when you were a kid to what your, your sons are now? What, what's, what's, what's the
2: biggest difference you think? Well, I think minor sports are, are is business now, right? Like I, there, there's people that make a lot of money, whether it be putting on camps or supplying opportunities for, for players. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of change, uh, uh, Skinner, but I'd say the one thing that remained consistent, right? Like, in, in, particularly you mentioned some key people that were me Merv Friesen and, and I mean, I still carry Merv's obituary in my, in my inside pocket, in my coaching coat cause it's a reminder to me. Right. And, and the reminder is, and the one thing that has to stay the same is it has to no matter how serious parents make it on the car rides home or, or, you know, how much pressure is being put on these kids, it has to be fun. And um, you know, I, I think there's a balance there of pushing kids, but also, making it a fun environment and Jerry Widmer is no different and those are the people that had a huge impact on, on me as an athlete but also me as a coach um, but one more thing I want to touch on with this Wardwood which makes it even cooler is that um, my son's baseball team also won one of the and recognizes the the minor team of the year in left oh, yes. cool. their little all-star baseball team from last year so they kind of had a storied summer there and, and I, I, I was had fortunate enough to kind of help out a little bit with that team as well. But um, yeah, so it'd be a real cool evening for sure. Did they play at that canola field in, in Lethbridge here? Yeah. What a facility.
1: That is so, a big Dave, time. have you been in, inside that canola?
3: Oh yeah. My boys played in there as well. And then um, that's awesome. As cool as it is, I'm told by my son that that's the worst playing field in the in league. <laughs> <book too. laughs>
1: well, we, we, because it well, we gets so, so much can, yeah well, no well, the, the, the but, but lights but and the fence and the, the scoreboard that is an awesome little
3: yeah the kids awesome. love it as a little league park you don't get better playing yeah. under the lights as a 11 uh year old my son was 10 years old last year playing under the lights in a, in a regular season game in in little league house league it's it's an absolute treat i I remember my first time, like in soccer, we don't get to play under the lights. I've only played under the lights three times in my life.
1: And playing under the lights is fucking cool. It is neat. I, I remember like Jesus, oh, not going back a thousand years now, but playing for the FP Walsh Flyers in the I think it was grade nine or grade ten, whatever it was. And you're at, at Henderson Stadium and playing under the lights for the first time. I remember like I remember actually trying to de- like the, the, the grade twelve guys were delaying the game a little bit to make sure we got <laughs> under the lights to make the, it, would, it would happen a little bit before it would happen. Uh, Brad, you meant you mentioned and Dave will get to you, but Brad mentioned that how uh, it's such a big business and, and that minor sports is a big business. And I know that Jasper's in baseball and he loves it. And he, we've talked about it at length on the show a little bit. Um, what keeps you away from getting into not, not uh, dragged into it's the wrong word, but what gets, what keeps you away from going, okay, cool little bit. Cause I know you're in the, the, the PBA camp with Jasper. He likes it and you get into different little things here and there. What keeps you away from maybe going, okay, let's do this or let's do that?
2: Principle. You know, I, I think it's a matter of principle and, and I, I struggle with it. You know, like I, I, I I'm just a homebody. I, I, I love the way that I grew up. I miss the, I miss seasons. I miss having seasons, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like one one season overlaps the next. Everything's year round if you want it to be. And I understand that's the world we live in—the world of specialization, whether it be in business or or sport in this situation. But um, yeah, I, I just I struggle with it, you know. And it, it's become a world of keeping up with the Joneses is really what it's become, in my opinion. You know, and, and as soon as one person goes, well, that's what, that's what we have to do. That if we if we want to have our, if our kid has to have a, wants to have a chance, like we. Who are we to say no? Who are we to hold our kid back from having an opportunity to playing at that next level? And I think that really is what it boils down to. And, and, and you're not gonna get people admit to that. Um, but there, that's a huge element for sure. Dave,
1: why 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 do you hold like not hold Jasper back, but why do you go? Let's find a fine line here. If you if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Let's well, what are we doing here? Right, because.
3: I remember having conversations with Brad about hockey and 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 not only the financial obligation but the time obligation. Like the the, the time, if you're not if you're not born like if you're born in a city smaller than Lethbridge, you have to get to at minimum a city of Lethbridge to even have a chance to develop forward from the age of twelve. And that means driving an hour for practices. That means driving four hours. Like, well, it. Notwithstanding the the, the financial commitment, it's a time commitment. And and t- when I say time commitment, I mean getting your kids asked into practice, watching practices. It's like six hours a night for some parents. It's and it's such a sacrifice. And and I think. I think the carrot, I understand the carrot. I understand why parents want their kid to have the access to every opportunity they have. And that's just the way of sport. And that's why it 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 made me feel good when Brad was talking about his award. That the first thing he said is like keeping fun into it, making it fun for the kids. Cause I don't know where the joy in sport is anymore. After the age of 12 or 13. I don't know where the joy is anymore. This is now a job for the kids because mom and dad, if they're, if they're putting the money into it and they're putting the time commitment into it, some of those parents, I'm not saying all are letting their kids. know, I'm doing all this for you. You give your all. And then, and then one day the kid's going to wake up and says, I don't want to play hockey anymore.
2: There, yeah, but here's the other thing you know and i'll say this sorry sorry skinner but oh, go ahead um we all we all play high level sport and and the one thing that all of us will take away from it is the camaraderie like you're not going to find an athlete anywhere that won't and maybe that's the small town i mean it's not just a small town of me, but i but even more so exponentially more right because we grew up with a group of players with a group of kids with a group you know and that group is special and we tell stories and and then you get to the higher levels when you're older and it becomes more serious. And and when that happens, it does become like a job. It does. People come in, people go out. You performing. don't know your
1: teammates are week in week out. There's a lot, Brad. There's a lot of kids who don't know what team they're fucking playing for on on every weekend because their parents sign them up for this team and that team and this and that. They're like, I'm I'm not even on a team. We play in these tournaments every weekend. And, and so. And- Anyway, I'm on this, this, this all-star team and this travel team and this, this, when this, they don't know who their teammates are. And 20 years from now, they can't sit back and, and talk about, Hey, do you remember when, do you remember when, because they don't remember when, because does like, that make sense? Like I, I, I don't have kids. So I'm going to ask you guys and Brad, you, you, you have like your, 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 your oldest is not out of the game, but he's, he's played a lot. And then, so you don't know who you're, teammates are and, and and then even on a bigger picture parents don't get to to grow up with these kids either because yeah. they're playing with so many different teams and like hi bill hi bobby hi sue i'll see you in a month yeah does that make any sense
2: yeah it, it does and and more than anything else and i'll be careful because you know this is no, I, know, I, know, I know i know i'm not trying, sure. to, i'm but, not trying to put nope. you in the
1: spot here at all
2: No, but, but all that said, Skinner, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, these kids are, some of these kids are moving out of the house at 12, 13 years old. Like there's a lot of growing up to happen between 12 and 18 or whatever. Like, I mean, even a high, high level athlete, if they leave home at 16, 17 years old, uh, years of age, that's one thing, but losing them at 12 and 13 is another, like that's, uh, That's, you know, and to
1: me, that's wrong. To me, that's wrong because you know what? If you're good, you don't need to go because you know what they're, they're going to find you. If you're playing in whatever team, in my opinion, my, okay. Um, I've had I had discussions with my with my sister and, and my and my mother and, and my my dad years ago, before he passed away. That my biggest regret, me playing hockey, was that I loved playing, I loved it, but it was never fun. And I'm seeing that a lot more with a lot more kids now that I'm umpiring again. And I, I see minor hockey. It's not fun. They love it, but it's not fun. And I think that somehow that's got to get back into the, into minor sports um, that the fun quotient is pretty few and far between with, because it, it's a professional job for a lot of these kids at the age of
2: 13 make sense yeah it's sad but true yeah it does and it's sad but true and and um you know and it, it, the fault in in what you're saying is absolutely correct i i do believe that a lot of that falls not with the coach but with with that home right and the pressure yeah. that is being put on these kids at a young age because they showed talent from a young age or because possibly their parents want it more than them but on right? the flip so
1: side mine mine was it, on it. me I, i'm not to my parents mine was on me mine was completely 100 on me yeah. I'm just throwing that out. There. I'm just saying right now. But anyways, Dave, go ahead.
3: But no on the on the flip side now too, like like how the way hockey is now, I believe hockey is the worst sport for it because Oh,
1: baseball's just as bad, man.
3: No, 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 no. Because you could have a kid from the Dominican that was was playing with a broomstick twenty years, uh, five years ago. You're not going to get that in Canada, USA, right? Like I, I think, be, I think baseball and basketball and football are are the sports where the true athlete can actually find their way onto a professional
1: sports. Field. But in Canada, where we're, we're, we're doing this show tonight, Dave, hockey is can't, our major sport. No, there, there, there are there are parents who are pushing their kids to play baseball who will never be as good as that Dominican kid you're talking about. they, they won't but they get told by somebody that they're going to be and they'll get this and this and you're, you're not, you're Correct. not going to be as good as that kid. No, 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 no. I, I, I 100% agree with it, but you're but,
3: not. No, and I agree with that. It's, it's, it's possible, but you're not. But on the flip side of that coin, until you spend that amount of money and, uh, and time commitment, there's zero chance to, for your kid to be a hockey player. There's no diamonds in the rough in hockey anymore. If you if you're dirt poor in uh, fucking Lomond, Alberta, and your kid could be the best player in the in the, on the planet,
1: that's your dog. Holy, but really but but no one but, 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 know what, but, know what, but no one will which ever know. Money.
3: But that's no true. one will ever know, right? You got to get to practice at minimum from Lomond, Alberta. You got to get to probably either Tabor or Clarisholm, which is a forty-five minute drive. Dave, hey, no one likes players home.
1: Don't bring up players No,
3: I get it. But, like, <laughs> I, but you understand my example, right? The yeah. best, the be, I think the best player, the best hockey player on the planet. We don't ever know because he never ever touched uh,
1: skates or a stick. Brad, we, we, let's get off the negative thing. If you could, uh, if you could fix minor sports with one uh, flick of the magic wand tonight, and it, it was all magically uh fix tomorrow morning um what would you do to fix minor sports it's it's to me it's a bit broken not 100 broken and there's always a way to fix it what would you do tonight flip the magic wand and fix it tonight for me and we'll uh we'll try
2: it tomorrow morning well the biggest b for me is academies right because 100 percent yeah. And, and so as soon as you bring that into play, now the the waters are muddy, right? Because no, no league is truly the best league. So like the academies, again, the, the top, some of the top end players are there. Some of the top players are back home and with their club teams instead of all being together. And so if I go back to our generation Skinner and it was, you know, everybody played all the top players played for your club team. And that's just the way it was. And, and I, I just, I can't, that really, really bothers me. And, and there's more of those leagues popping up every day you know but at the end of the day they got to fill roster spots there's there's people paying 25 to 35 dollars, and some playing that, i paying spots. nothing that's right yeah exactly and the, and the bottom end kids are paying for the top ones but um yeah it, it, to answer your question i think that's that's what need that that's what would happen in my world is it going to go away no it won't and and the argument from parents is that we're not we're not paying for an opportunity we're paying for coaching we're paying like we want and and it's true. They have professional paid coaches. That, that that's their job. They played pro hockey. They're they're, they're truly professionals. They have dietitians. They have uh, crazy. Know, it's crazy. Trainers, workout. Yeah, it's. And we, we played in a tournament against the Burnaby Winter Club this year. We played against some. Twigs. Oh yeah,
1: I've I, yeah.
2: Ten years old. They travel with the they travel with a trainer. They travel with a team doctor. They pay thirty thousand dollars a year. They're they're nine and ten years old. That's a true story.
1: It's not right. It's it's so not right, and I I, I forward you guys. Like there was this thing on in New York Times about little league baseball. Baseball is near and dear to my heart. I grew up across from two little league fields in Fort McCloud, and it was always a great thing. Like Mondays, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, we would play. Like we had our league right, and then girls were Tuesdays and Thursdays. And yeah, we we played in our league, and then you made the all star team, and. There was always some kids who weren't very good, and but it was it was always fun, though, to play Little League baseball. And it, it wasn't, you, you just wanted to win. And there was always some kid who wasn't very good, but when that kid got that hit or his first hit of the season or he made a catch, it was always great. Now you don't have that anymore because every kid who is good doesn't play with those kids who aren't very good anymore. And I mm-hmm. think that's wrong. Because a kid who isn't very good will never improve to a to a point, you know what, the kid who's really good in Fort McLeod, he probably ain't make the big leagues either.
2: Yeah, so and why- I, I don't know if I agree with you on that, Skinner. I, I don't know if I agree with you on that. And, and the reason being, I don't have a problem with tearing. Because the thing about tiering is, and I have, you know, I'll, I have this conversation a lot. And... I, Every, because every kid wants an opportunity to be successful and if they feel like they don't belong they stand out in a negative way then they'll just i don't want to go it's not fun like i don't belong there and so you know oh, i get they, that and so you take hockey so i i mean i've, I've coached in non-tier leagues and and the top kids will, you know or even the bottom kids'll take the puck off the other kids stick and i had that conversation again like, why did you, you can't that's your teammate why because i just wanted an opportunity to touch the puck i haven't touched the puck the whole game that's right. why i took it off my teammate's stick and so, you know, I, I don't have a problem with tearing. I think that every kid needs that opportunity to be successful. And, and then they have that opportunity to flourish. And then uh, because the most underrated thing in any sport is confidence in my eyes, you don't and lose confidence your skills confidence. Yeah. right? And yeah. so, and, and it, it can snowball in either direction with lack of confidence or gain of confidence. And so I just think, you know, to, to give a kid an opportunity to be successful is not a bad thing.
1: No, I, I get it to an extent. It's, it's Dave, go ahead. Sorry.
3: Oh, no, like like how you just finish that off. Giving a kid an opportunity to be successful is never a bad thing. That's 100% because you see these things with um, the videos cross my Twitter line every now and then with um, uh, a disabled kid, like for whatever reason, um, but then scores their basket and the crowd goes wild. That's a special feeling. And like, you know what? at a junior it's usually at a junior high level and those junior high kids are going to remember how they made a feet a a teammate feel good right and you know and that's one of my that's one of my kind of life goals like it's like don't be yes no here's the line like (laughs) find find common good find find to celebrate each other and and that's that's a wonderful thing about sport and i i don't want I, I it it pains me a little bit to see how sports at a youth level is is robbing kids of of their of moments that that are of joy and what is good with the human emotion and what is good with the human spirit as opposed to you only went one for two tonight now they got to fucking hear it from their dad when the kid that that never that, that never does anything Catches a fly ball, and and has a blue. The best night of it. his life. And has the best night of his life on night. a
1: Tuesday night, in Little League Park apartment Fort McLeod. So
3: one kid had his best night of his life, and he's yeah. going to remember that forever. <laughs> oh yeah, and his dad's so happy for him, and his mom's so happy for him, and his family's so happy for him because he had such a great night. But then the That's one kid, missing in minor but, sports, but in my but, but then the one kid that usually dominates. Got yanked, and it, like he has to hear it from his dad on the way home. Like you pitched like a piece of shit tonight.
1: That's like awesome every <laughs> that would ever happen.
3: <laughs> that happens every time, and and you know
1: it. I I I see it. I I've seen it at my son's baseball game, anyways. And it was with this. This could go on forever. Minor sports is different than we were when we were growing up, and it's just it, it's just different. Whether it's right or wrong, it's just it's just different. We can't. It's not going to change. I just hope there's more, more guys like Brad who, you know, award winner and 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 he, he's got his head screwed on straight and everything else. He's, he's got kids going through the system. And I think it's the, the way he he's, uh, his, his thought process is not because, because it's m- just like mine. I think he's kind of on, on, on the right track, Dave, what's your thoughts?
3: My, my thoughts is I, I think uh, at amateur sport, we have to always remember to find the joy in the life lessons, find the joy like and that's a life lesson for me like i i get pissy at myself every now and then with like work and shit happens and shit happens and shit happens and then i have to refocus myself And how i refocus myself is i find the joy i find the shit that makes me go that makes me happy
1: find the joy
3: find the joy and there's nothing more joyful than watching your kid have fun playing sports with a teammate that
1: that gives me joy. And then I, I have a, 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 a 10 Bernie question I got coming up for the next segment here. Uh, there might be some joy. There might be some sadness, but uh, good, good chat. We, we could talk with this all day long and forever and ever What what's right and what's wrong. And people think differently than we do, obviously. But uh, that's the good thing we're having a podcast. You can say where the fuck you want and no one can question it. 1420 <laughs> 20 podcast, four viewers, first talking a whole lot more. Well, they could just not listen, I guess. Or the Seat Geek app. I got uh, Dave Van Robies and Brad Durst joining us here on the 1420 podcast tonight. A uh, lot of fun, pretty in depth, a little bit, a little more in depth. We usually get to Thursday night. So we'll, let's smooth things down a little bit and try to have a few laughs like we used to have at 1139 Lakeland Crescent. Uh, these questions are are very simple. Um, just it's a one word answer to a long duration answer, whatever you want to do. Uh, and you can a- ask me back what, if, if I want to answer some, I'm not going to answer because it, you know, it's, it's, my fucking show. So I'm not going to, but, um, uh, number one, uh, Brad and ask you first favorite
2: player growing up. Steve Eiserman. I just, he just everything about him. He was a true leader. He was a leader from a young age, just does business quietly no big celebrations. Everything about him, Steve Eisman. Pat LaFontaine was a, sec- was a close second for me. Who's better, uh, Eisman or Sack? Ooh, better in which way? Like, that's a good comparison. All at all, man. Those two could have been brothers. What about you? Flip the tables. Who's your favorite? Favorite player growing up when
1: I was a kid, uh, number double zero for the Leopards Broncos, Kenny Raggett. What a goal! Oh, he's, a reason, that. he's a reason. He's the reason why I started playing goal. Uh, fuck! I wish I would have ever met the guy because playing goals is a child abuse. Anyways, Dave, favorite player growing up, <laughs> Pele,
3: soccer player. I was a soccer player, and he was the greatest soccer player on the planet at that time. So it's like for me, it's 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 Pele. Every uh soccer camp I went to every summer, summer. Uh, we watched like it was <laughs> dating myself. We'd have to go inside the school and watch it on like a, a fucking reel, there wasn't even VHS at that time, and that's how we watch our
1: soccer training videos. Pele number two, question, 10. question uh, number two. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you this time. What are you afraid of as a grown up that you shouldn't be? Sure. <laughs> Besides your wife,
3: um, well, you should be a little bit afraid of your wife. What am I afraid of that I shouldn't be? Actually, I don't know if I'm afraid of anything that I shouldn't be. I honestly don't think I don't think I am. Not afraid of anything. No, I'm afraid of lots of things, but not things I should be. I'm afraid of getting mugged. I'm afraid of getting stabbed. I'm afraid of about a random crime.
1: But well, those like, aren't things that are going to happen to you on the mean street of Lethbridge. Jeez. Well,
3: yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, man. Like I'm, like I'm. I am like i, I do not think I have that much fear.
1: Nothing. I man. have.
2: Brad, you got one? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, the one thing my dad always told me when uh, growing up playing hockey, and I played like a hooligan, even though I was five foot ten at, at best, was there's always somebody bigger and stronger out there, and I probably didn't have enough as much fear in me as I should have. I'm afraid of
1: fucking garter snakes. Oh, Oh, really? When I see a garter snake, they're little... little, And like I said, I shouldn't be. But I see a garter snake, they fucking slither and fucking freak me out, man. Yeah, yes, I'm
2: not a fan of snakes, either.
1: Like mice and garter snakes, I'm fucking... They're just quick and too fucking... You can't... Yeah, I don't like those things.
3: When I see one of those things, I point at it and like, hey, you see that thing? Like, it doesn't... I don't even... I have no yeah. butt clench, nothing.
1: Oh, well, you're a better man than I am, Dave. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to throw a garter stick at your fucking feet next time see so you jump and squeal, squeal like a grade well, nine girl. Well,
3: you, you, you throw shit at me, I
1: certainly ain't going to squeal. Uh, worst fad, uh, Brad, I'll actually go with you, the best dressed man I've ever met. Uh, worst fad you ever fell for clothing wise music wise like in the history of your life and your 40 plus years of living what's the worst (laughs) fad you ever fell for and you go well i'm 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 so glad iphones weren't around back then
2: (laughs) i probably did the crisscross thing a couple of times i'm not gonna lie no come on but you put your jeans on backwards (laughs) (laughs) i'm not (laughs) saying i went to school like that but for sure i did really yeah. Well, that's Whew. a pretty cool dude, Dave. Come on. <laughs> I'm not so denying that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm <joking. laughs>
1: But those kids would have been around your age, right? That would have been exactly. in 1993 yes. when that was going around. I was playing hockey and bonnie ball at the time when that was around 1993. Yeah, crisscross. You put your clothes on backwards, Brett? Like I said, I don't
4: think I went out in the No one's listening. Like Say that, whatever you, you want. Sure
1: you did, <laughs> did
3: try it. it. I'm not proud of it. Well, just to see if it could work, and it was just so uncomfortable, kind of I thing. I had a or was few pairs kinda... of
2: baggy jeans. Like I had some serious baggy
3: jeans. Dave, Three. you got one? Oh yeah, for That's... sure I do. Um, I was in like so. Junior high was um, like the culture club. The tight Durant jeans. Durant. The tight oh, no, 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 no. I uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I did. I i went in and out of that really quick i got some tight jeans and i fucking lost it i've been levi's 501 since grade nine since grade nine because i tried the designer jeans and i just like that's clothes it got for you i don't i don't know how a fellow walked in those fucking things like fuck <laughs> that shit
1: <laughs> no it so we went from, was went from really tight jeans to really backwards baggy jeans and the. A matter of uh, eight years and the time frame, there. That's quite funny. Oh, four, actually.
3: Yeah, four years. But, like, so what I did wear, though, like, I wore a lot of rugby pants and stuff like that. And I had stylish pants, not v. silk underwear.
2: You like the, the silk underwear?
3: No, the V. <laughs> you guys remember the V? Like, where you could zip the shirt and pull it, that the thing? That's what I wore a lot. I had like four or five of those. That's like terrible. The, the angle thing. Oh, yeah. Total Thompson 20. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna debate that. Like I the the, the ladies actually loved my fashion sense, but
1: thinking back, the ladies loved your fashion sense <laughs> in oh, 1986.
3: I I did well with the ladies all the time. All the time. And it was because I was a little fashion forward. And one of those was the, the was the, it's v. the Dutch. Them. Yeah, it is the Dutch I, mean, I knew what the oh. ladies loved. Like, like uh, uh like it was LL cool J LL it's a
1: full head of hair Dave really what it comes come down to. Yeah.
3: Well everybody had full full heads of hair in high school. LLDB,
1: back in the day. Ladies <laughs> love Dave Van Robes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, fuck me. I, you hit an all-time low on the 1420 <laughs> podcast right there.
3: Speaking <laughs> the Jeez. truth, I'm sorry. Don't blame me. I was just trying to get a piece.
1: Uh, <laughs> piece. <laughs> I, I have a lot to say about this, but I won't. Uh, best concert you ever saw.
2: Well. Wow. I think Dave and I would agree. Like, it's pretty easy for me going down to the Gorge and seeing Dave Matthews is, is – if it's not on somebody's bucket list, it should be, even if you're not a huge Dave Matthews fan. Uh, the venue, the and, and hence the reason why, you know, Dave and I have done that time and time again. Skinner, you've made that trip before. Have you not? Yeah, once.
1: 2001, I think it was. 2002. Yeah. I meant to go down My- again. I was,
2: yeah, my favorite non Dave Matthews concert because that was a given. That question um, would likely be is there is there a
1: certain one you went to though that was that stood up stood out a little bit?
2: The one after uh, Carter Bolford or not Carter Bolford, Sorry, um, uh, Dave Leroy, had, not, sorry, Leroy Moore, or uh, Leroy uh, Moore away. died. Yeah, yeah, and with the glow sticks, and, and it was their first concert after the death of of their. The saxophonist, and, yeah. and uh it, that, that was about as touching a moment as you're ever going to find. So, yeah, there you go. my favorite non-Dave Matthews concert, Metallica's up there for sure. That was pretty cool.
1: I never thought you'd be a Metallica guy. Come on. No, like, I know what, like, the music, but I wouldn't think, to, yeah, just,
2: yeah. Mm. The yeah. crowd was entertaining for sure, but, yeah. Dave. Dave, how about you? Um,
3: <clears throat> um uh, i've gone to a, a lot of Dave matthew's band concerts the gorge my favorite one the my most memorable one i don't know if brad and i were not everyone together brad was there for some i was there for some there was one where i dropped acid and it was re- fucking religious <laughs> it was religious <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most memorable nights of my well, entire life. Well, that took, like,
1: to a whole other level. But anyways. Uh... It
3: did take it to a whole other level. So yeah. that was my single favorite Dave Matthews Band concert. If we take Dave Matthews Band out of the equation, I would say um, there's two. I went. I saw Neil Young. And I wasn't really crazy about going to Neil Young. But like, got oh, fuck Neil Young. He knocked my fucking socks off. That fucker can put on a show. And the other one was uh, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam fucking rocks. Those Never two, I, I I love both of them. The one, and then like I'll leave one, the one band I want to see that I haven't, the, actually there's two, Bruce Springsteen and uh, Green Big. I want to see those two fuckers. I,
1: me, and, me and the producer, Deanne, we, that, that's on our list, is to go and see uh, Bruce Springsteen at the Garden in New York City. Uh, just it's one of those things I like, want to see that It, it, it be uh, phenomenal to watch uh, let's go let's get back to sports here a little bit Um, low point that you remember as a kid not that didn't go so good for you that day in sports some you guys did like like you're on the field from the age of let's go 17 to 10 Like, something that went sideways, you're like, oh, fuck, that sucked a lot. Like, where your coach gave you shit, or your parents gave you shit, or something like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe no one noticed, and you know you should have done it.
2: I got kicked out for, for hitting from behind in a game in Grand Prairie against the worst team in the league. And... They came back, they pulled the goalie, they tie the game late in the game, and I'd been hiding out because my coach was a loony tune at the time. I'm not going to say his name because he's a pretty prevalent fig- uh, figure in the game of hockey still, but I knew I was in for it. I knew I was in for it, so I was hiding. And sure as shit, when he found me on the bus, when the rest of the team got on there, I I was in for it. So that was, uh, that was a defining moment for me, but it also – helped shape me i guess as a coach too like this things that happened were said that never should have been so anyway that was for sure my lowest point dave you got one
3: (laughs) both high school basketball both with the same coach i was uh we were pants on the court no no
1: no 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 (laughs) um that's my second most embarrassing one
3: my school was a smaller <laughs> school and I was on the JV team and uh, we had the full court press on and I set my screen properly as you do about two feet inside of the center line. And the guy was like, it was perfect. We, the, the, my teammates drove him right into me and he hit me a hundred fucking miles an hour. And, <laughs> I, and the ref called me for a blocking. And I was standing there for like, honestly, two and a half seconds and he called me for a blocking foul. <laughs> i went block <laughs> jesus fucking christ
1: and uh we re- and you're from a christian school yeah so i got tina you're lucky to you get struck by lightning right now man you know
3: we were we were <laughs>
1: on the road in sterling alberta and well, so it was okay then
3: no parents phoned into my school and the coach said, "Did you say Jesus fucking Christ? I said fucking I said, Jesus fucking Christ. I That's his middle kid. name, isn't it? I just fuck. I just nodded and I said, yeah. He goes, "Well, like you know, we're ambassadors and blah blah blah, boo boo boo." And so I had to sit out the next game. I was irate. You know what? That took no. I I found no. I found no justice. So I'm getting punished again for doing the right thing maybe my reaction was a little strong and i do i do understand that but block like so
1: yeah for I me i don't it. know if it was the uh, the worst thing cuz i was a bit of a hothead and like whatever playing playing sports when i was younger but the the most memorable fuck up that i had um uh, cross streets my parents house little league baseball uh i think i was 12 years old uh playing center field Brad Molchuk was rounding third base, and I picked up the ball in center field and I picked it up and I was gonna throw that fucker out at home plate. Like there was no doubt he was gonna be out. And I let go of it where I probably shouldn't have, and it went right over the backstop. And like, oh, fuck, this isn't good. I think I actually said that, and how this the, the words are firmly entrenched in my coconut. Gord Schwint said to me, You better hang your fucking head. <laughs> yeah okay good enough I was like all right because that, that's fine I that I, actually I, I made a mistake and I'm sorry and well yeah I, I apologize so it was it was quite a
2: funny moment for me but yeah that actually brings back a moment I i take it back my most embarrassing for sure like to get more specific with your question for sure not my not my lowest point was we hosted uh we hosted the state championships in America Legion in Lethbridge at um or Lethbridge hosted, sorry, at uh, Spitz Stadium, and talking about playing under the lights, Dave, that you were talking about earlier, and it was a packed, like, a championship game, packed crowd. I'm a 16-year-old starting in right field, can of corn. like, and it's a tight ball game. It's like, it, like, we're talking absolute can of corn. Dropped it. Like, just oh, take, me, take you... me off the field. Like, let me hide somewhere. Get oh. me off it. And, and that you... stadium was packed. Were you There's sure nothing what worse. You... Were You not, not to sure? Catch? No, oh, no, 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 it was a it, can of corn. There's nothing to, there's no Devon White, like you know, there's <laughs> <laughs> nothing worse. You weren't catching it at the
3: waist or anything no. like that. No, nothing. Did it touch no. the leather? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, it was just a complete <laughs> it drop. Just it wasn't miss. a miss, it was a drop. <laughs> oh, oh no. right. with when it hits you in the hand, hand, hand it it so runners oh. force, right. like,
1: just and then you're coast. scrambling and you're scared and you're crying and you're. You're pissing your oh, it's horrible. Did they score run run on it? Two out. So yes, they did. Oh, it's the worst yeah. thing in the world. It's the worst thing in the world.
3: Well, yeah, at least it was at the, the game. game but it but
1: at least the terrible. pitcher
3: didn't get a nerd run on it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm a team I, got, player,
1: really uh, I know. I got two more. Uh favorite professional sport moment as an adult watching it on television or or at a game or what what's your favorite moment entrenched in your coconut uh what's something that, that we'll, you'll remember as a sports fan for the rest of your life
3: Dave I'll never for, I'll never forget um I was I was this isn't a uh, moment as as far as uh, sports moments go but I was in the building when the Oilers came back in a playoff game from uh, 3-1 against the Dallas Stars. They actually ended up losing, but they were down 3-1 with three minutes left. and they I was at that, that game, game too. Yeah. And I was in that building, and that was so fucking electric. 97-ish? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like, maybe 96 even. Like, we're getting them all. Yeah, a Jeez, that's a yeah long time. without oh. a doubt. But that feeling I had there at that time, if you can put that in pill form, or inject it like that was
1: awesome. That was better than acid in a fucking Dave Matthews Band
3: punch. <laughs> ah, no, not no, no.
1: <laughs> All right, same this same. This took no. a whole new same. level for the fourteen twenty podcast I'll, I'll, tonight. I'll, I'll, Jesus. I'll
3: say, I'll say same same. I'll say same same. You fucking figure out that, and if that's how I can. Uh,
1: is that how you're gonna go out of this world? That's how you're gonna go out. Oh, of this world? it
3: was it was it was awesome. It was it was just so unexpected, and it was live, and it was with people. And I think that's I'm gonna pick that one, even though it was so nondescript as a sports moment. It but was you're a there, moment right? I was there for and the collective emotion. And I always say this about collective emotion and like more people feeling the exact same thing it was it was absolutely magical and and the feeling i had at that point was indescribable. Brad yeah
2: i agree with you dave the energy when you're at a live at a live event like that's pretty crazy. Um both of mine baseball related um my two favorite teams obviously the chicago cubs so that's an easy one. Uh, i can remember where i was i can remember the ground ball the bryant the throw rizzo catching on first. Man i thought um, bryant when he slipped i was like oh no.
1: Oh yeah. I remember watching. Like, oh Jesus! Because it was it was it was a quarter of a second. Like he slipped, and he let go of the ball. I was like, "Oh no, they're gonna cover it." That was my thoughts on that. But he caught it at it, it once, so it was good. Yep. Yeah.
2: And the other one is Joe Carter, right? Like how how do we forget that one? That was unreal, right? The home run that ended the real Series and the walk off—that was crazy. So those are yeah. easy ones for me. No, it's uh, fun to watch.
1: Uh, last one, fellas bucket list game stadium city concert name one uh bucket list thing you want to do before we uh cross over to the uh the old folks home
2: i've always wanted to experience a jimmy buffett concert and i've never been to one skinner you've been one haven't you yeah oh i've been been six or seven yeah they're great yeah just to, to feel the environment would be fun um as far as sports related Uh, you know, I've been to Wrigley. I would like to go back. I've never been to Fenway. I've been to Yankee. I've been to a lot of stadiums. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I've been pretty fortunate that way, but I'd go back to Wrigley in
1: a heartbeat. Wrigley's great, yeah. I went, I went, a week. I was busy. It was cold and it was like, it was a busy weekend, but it was a ton of fun. Like Wrigley was great and the Yankees swept the, the Cubs. It was an awesome weekend. It was just, Wrigleyville's awesome. For all you people listening out there, if you get a, a chance to go to Wrigley, go. Just go, seats. sit in the bleachers. Go one time. Go to Wrigley. I sat up in the uh, we 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 bought it. We, we had some seats up in the uh, across the street. Uh, awesome! It's Wrigley's. Awesome! It's it's yeah. It's it's hard to describe. Dave, what's your? Uh, it's kind
3: of you funny because I no no I was jotting down and then you guys started talking and and it's kind of funny you 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 put it into focus for me. So what I would like to do is fly into Chicago on a Tuesday. I would like to see Green Day at Soldier Field on Thursday, and then watch the Cubs on Friday, Saturday at Wrigley, fly home on Sunday. That's what I want to do. It's, I don't care who they're playing, but like Green Day is one of these things. It's like, you know what? I think I actually would prefer to see uh, Green Day in in an arena, not not in the stadium, because you'll be be closer and you'll be louder. There'll be more energy. That's what I want. I want uh, Union Station. What do they call that fucking stadium they play in now? Wembley? No, 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 no. Sorry. Where the the Bears play? No, where the Blackhawks play, not Soldier Field. With the Blackhawks oh. play. I'd prefer the arena. United, United, a,
1: United, uh, United. That's right I want. I,
3: I want, I want Green Day indoors, and then I want the uh, the Cubs, obviously. Green Day outdoors.
2: Green I've Day. I've seen Green Day, and they they were they're rock stars.
3: They fucking rip ass. There's I wouldn't
1: open the curtains i play in the backyard. Oh God. no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I know a Green Day guy. You're wrong. You're wrong. Their fucking music kicks so and I'm, i I'm in the minority. I know I know that. Everybody says how good Green Day is. I just, I don't know, fucking whatever. No. I cringe when I hear those opening two notes and they go on to that, that song. I cringe at that.
3: Well, but like, the, I best, realize, the I best cringe at you know, but like I don't turn it's that on like songs. fuck it's hardly, it's not even in my top 10
1: green day songs. Like, give it don't take, take a much shake. for me to just be just like disheartened with something. I get if it. I'm out.
3: I get I'm it. waiting but for Dave to say,
1: would you rather? <laughs> oh Jesus,
3: F, <laughs> Jesus F suburbia. Listen to that fucking song. It's like a 13-minute song, and it just rips so much fucking ass. <laughs>
1: All the ass
3: rips ass. It rips ass. Do we have time? I, I don't care. I do Dave, we, we have rips. nothing but time. All I'm gonna say right now, I was working on a new segment today, and then so I, and my son, I my son actually helped me with it. Um, it's three columns. You can be an ass kicker, you can be an ass kisser, or you can be just an asshole. So I'm gonna kicker, start kisser, ass. Okay. An ass kicker, an ass kisser, or an asshole? And obviously, some, some guys are, are able to be in all three columns, and some guys are whatever. So I'm going to start with one name right off the hop. Is Tony Romo a kicker, a kisser, or an asshole? Tony Romo.
1: Nondescript. Kisser. And they're going to
3: get better. Kisser, I think he's a kisser. yeah, I don't know. Next. Tiger, Tiger Woods, as kicker, as kisser, or an asshole. Tiger kicker. Woods,
1: kicker. Agreed, completely. He's That's not an, an ass one. kisser. No, he 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 changed. He changed the, the world. He changed the world of sport. Conor and McGregor, not, and not just golf. Uh, McGregor
2: and did it it
1: with style. He turned
3: into a bit of an asshole, though. Tiger Woods, yeah, no. Oh,
1: Tiger Woods made one. Tiger Woods made one mistake in his life. He got married, and he he, and he's also an ass kisser, right? (laughs) He's a total asshole. And I'm not against marriage. I'm not. I'm not. But Tiger Woods, if he would (laughs) have stayed single, would have been. The greatest athlete, and and not a negative word said about him ever, ever, ever. If he never got married, why did he get married? Putting it skinner. So he was never in love. Think about that, Brad. Like if if he didn't get married, he'd have just been a a dude and played golf and won all the time and everything else. And was he ever (laughs) in love then
2: with her? It's because when the Teflon fell off, that's when he that's when he I don't think he
1: was in love. I think it was a Nike force arrangement. I, that that's my it's a
2: conspiracy theory, but that's that's my. Oh wow, come on, I, yeah, that's deep, but no, no, well, Alex, I don't, we, know why, we we don't know why we don't get I deep here in the fourteen twenty
1: podcast. But anyways, <laughs> keep on.
3: Okay, as kicker, as kisser, or an asshole, Alex
1: Rodriguez, asshole. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's a nozzle. That guy is such a fucking nozzle. Is he more of an asshole asshole or an ass kisser? He tries to be an ass kisser, but he's a fucking Mm. asshole. That guy's a fucking nozzle. He's
3: He's an AL MVP.
1: He's an asshole. He's an idiot.
3: Well, I'll go back to the other one. Conor McGregor.
2: Asshole. He's a bit of an asshole, too.
3: He's more of an asshole than an
2: ass kicker? I think so. Yeah. He does some questionable things.
3: Oh, he is such a loser. Fuck, I don't <laughs> like him either. Did you
2: see him sucker that guy in the bar? Like the old dude? Yeah. In, back in Ireland? Because he
3: would taste his whiskey. Yes. Taste my whiskey. Go fuck your whiskey. <laughs> 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 Fucking uh, the Irish are weird.
1: Hulk Hogan. Ooh, because our answer is because of the, the guys earlier. Uh Hogan is a kicker, too... a kisser, or an asshole. Hulk Hogan kicks ass. Yeah,
2: I'm with you on that, dude.
1: You know, I think he's an ass kisser
3: because he's really not. Like as far as no, it's because like, he
1: knows when he like he fucked up with his ex wife and the. the the, no,
3: but
1: the things that it, he said, yeah, not good. But like the the looking back, like in thirty years ago, forty years ago, Hogan was the, the, man.
3: He Hogan was, was the man. He was the man, but he was one hundred percent scripted. Like overachiever
2: with what he had. Oh
3: say. yeah, like his wrestling <laughs> talent was terrible. The leg drop is the worst <laughs> finishing move we ever. Without a doubt, That's why he's an. I think he's an ass kisser because he had such good mic skills, right? He was the first man
1: to revolutionize the mic skills. Dave, <laughs> if the if the are dropped the fucking bomb down on you, you wouldn't get up.
3: <laughs>
1: the leg drop. Come on.
3: How many more do you want? One more. Yeah, um, uh, I will say oh fuck, I got quite a bit down here. Is um Roger Clemens an ass kicker or an asshole?
1: That's Ooh, a tough one. Because Clemens was so good. Yeah, like, like everything he did, like Jesus, like the guy did steroids and what? and he actually you know what I don't care about steroids. I actually don't. I don't. I'm a baseball guy and I don't care that because they were all doing it. I, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Um, when guys deny it, that kind of bothers me. But the thing with Clemens. He's the same as bonds to me. They were both going to the hall of fame prior to 1997, 98, when they first got in a legitimate it was, argument, tough, right? Yes, for
3: sure. Right? right?
1: For they sure. were going, they were going. Fuck, Roger Clemens is an ass kicker. He's fucking good, man. That guy was something else. He's one of the top five, ten pitches of all time. So he's an ass kicker, not
3: an asshole. He's an ass kicker. He's certainly not an ass kisser.
1: No, he don't no. give a fuck. No, <laughs> no.
3: Of that, Venable because he actually said, "I don't here. care
1: if I'm in the Hall of Fame. I know what I did. I know what my career was. I, I'm, I'm fine."
4: Yeah.
2: So, Roger yeah. Clemens is an ass kicker, in, in my opinion. And outside of lying and and cheating, obviously with steroids, but he wasn't a bad guy, right? Because Skinner, you're right. I mean, he was he's one of who knows how many that were that were taking steroids, and he wasn't doing it to be Jose Canseco big strictly for recovery, right? But that, I'm not saying that makes it okay. But he was—he was a likable cat for sure. He just went out there and did his job, and he did it in old school fashion. Just tough guy. I'm gonna come right after you, style. I liked him. He's an ass kicker.
3: I will disagree because I think he is. An that's asshole. what Dave does like, on a fucking yeah.
2: Thursday night and
1: fuck after ten beers. Well, he's—he
3: <laughs> actually is an asshole because, like, he like he's all about him. Not about Dave. Them. You
1: have to be to get to that level. You have to be all about you.
3: You. Have I know. To I. I. I get. I get being an alpha male and and being the. best Derek alpha Jeter, one. but
1: anyways, but whatever.
3: uh you know it's Derek Jeter more of an ass kicker or an ass kisser.
2: Kicker. He's an ass kisser.
3: He's an <laughs> ass kicker for sh- Kisser for sure. Oh yeah. He kisses more ass than he kicks. For Doesn't sure. need to. He's that good, none. Well, he's an ass kisser. He's not.
2: How about the the delivery of baskets to every girl that he slept with? That's That's an ass (laughs) kicker move, man. No, that's no ass
3: kisser.
2: That's a pretty sweet finishing move right there. (laughs) Anyways,
1: good show, right, boys? That was a lot (laughs) of fun. Uh, Yeah, Brad, we should get you on more often because that was a lot of fun. We'll uh, try not to get as deep as we did a little bit, got a little deeper, but the end of the end, it was a lot of last. any finishing words?
2: Uh, no, just thanks for having me on. And uh, this is the second uh, episode that I've been on. I really enjoy it. You guys make me laugh, as you always do. And, uh, yeah, just keep on going with your with your podcast, and up, onward and upward, and uh, good work, you guys. Dave, what do you got? Congratulations on your award,
3: Brad. We were uh, together in the same house on Saturday night. I don't remember you telling me about this. I would have said congratulations at that point. I said congratulations tonight. And, and I'm proud of you. I, I did tell you that I was proud of you on Saturday. And uh I'm proud to have you as a friend. And thanks for joining us tonight, Brad.
1: Dave, let's just say for sake conversation, if Brad brought up his award, would he have been an <laughs> ass kisser or an <laughs> ass kicker? <laughs> Anyways, 1420 no sports podcast, <laughs> four beers, sports talking a whole lot more. Take care of each other more, importantly. Take care of yourself, need your own. Keep your stick on the ice and what else? I don't want
3: to see you sit. Uh, I don't want to see you swinging high pitches, Jimmy. And go to Stat Geek for your well, C- Stat it. What did I say?
1: Stat. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <Fox>, sorry. <laughs> Everybody's deleting seat. deleting their SeatGeek accounts right now because of that, Dave.
3: Go to Jesus SeatGeek stock. for free
1: parking, twenty bucks off. Well, maybe we just lost I've... sponsorship. But anyways, have a good night, folks. We'll talk to you on uh, on the weekend.